freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. everybody welcome to another episode of gun freedom radio where we engage we educate and we inform we are brought to you by azfirearms.com your nationwide hometown gun shop i am one of your hosts cheryl todd and i'm the other guy dan todd we're doing a series called american talking about the can-do spirit that is part of our American DNA. Absolutely. Our lives have been completely upended with this whole coronavirus uh, situation. And we've been hearing an awful lot about what we can't do and all the places that we can't go. But the guests and the experts that we are interviewing during this series are going to help us understand about all the things that we still can do, learn and grow teach, train, connect, and expand our freedoms in ways that maybe we haven't even thought about before. Our guest today is Michael Perutka. Michael is a Maryland lawyer and the founder of the Institute on the Constitution. Michael once held a position in the United States Department of Health and Human Services and was the Constitution Party candidate for president in 2004. He is also the co-host of the American View radio program. Welcome to the show, Michael. We are excited to have you on. Well, thank you, Cheryl and Dan. It's a great privilege to be with you, and I appreciate your hospitality and, and, and all of your technology. I appreciate that as well. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And it's ever-changing. I mean, uh, <laughs> we're using Zoom uh, because some people will watch us on YouTube or GunStreamer, and some people will just listen to the audio on our website. But uh, Zoom itself has taken, uh, I mean, huge leaps and bounds with the amount of people using their platform. And so if it's not like something in our board, you know, like our my headphones don't work, then it's something with Zoom or it's something with the internet connection. Mm. But we are, we are plowing through. We yeah, are but making surely <laughs> it's something every day. Yeah, for every sure. Day well, it's a, it's, a, it's a bit of a setback for me because they say I have a face for radio. I'm sure you've heard that before. <laughs> Um, well, I, I say that about my own self. So uh, anyway, well, so Michael, you are currently teaching an online course in the U.S. Constitution. Tell us about that course and why, especially right now in U.S. history, we need such a study. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's, it's critical that we understand the rules. Uh, I, I mentioned earlier that my 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 mentor, Mr. Howard Phillips, was a great uh, friend of mine, and he used to say, thou shalt know the rules. And uh, with respect to the, uh, the Constitution of the United States, the Constitution of, of our state, uh, personally, uh, we, have, we have gone to sleep and drifted out to sea away from, uh, away from our uh, knowledge that we need to, to, uh, to, to have. 
and it's uh, it's it's very important. We've been doing this for about 22 years, Cheryl and Dan, uh, this Institute on the Constitution, and we've been trying to get people to really to care about uh, the, knowing the, knowing how to hold their elected representatives accountable, and uh, it's taken this kind of crisis right now for our phones to start ringing, and uh, and that that really that's a blessing. Of course, it's a blessing that comes in the midst of a great problem and and uh, worrisome situation for our country but but with regard to the to the class we we uh, we have we developed uh, years ago a a, a course on uh, a systematic way to study the united states constitution and american history and what we're trying to do in, in that course is to is to think like the founders thought we're not trying to go back in time or turn back the clock but we're trying to recover a something that's lost in our understanding in our speech in our in our way of looking at government and it's it's critical what many people don't realize and this would take a, maybe a whole show to delineate this by itself but a revolution has occurred in america with respect to how we look at how we view law its source its nature etc and um we suffer because of that because all attorneys now are taught in that that kind of uh revolutionary way not in the original way so our uh, our uh, approach is to try to think like the founders thought and recover their view of law and government which was based on a biblical worldview and which uh which which uh had standards the constitution was a fixed standard in their view not a living constitution which is uh, uh which is molded and shaped by the courts in an evolutionary process which is what we're living in today all of that has been kind of an underlying problem that has led to to us not knowing what we need to know and doing what we need to do with respect to this current crisis. Mm. That is that is so interesting. Now, um, that one distinction that you just made, a living document versus a fixed set of rules for this is how the government is supposed right. to work. These are the things the government is supposed to do, which therefore maybe there's a whole lot of things that it's trying to do that it wasn't designed to do right, right? um that's an interesting thought go ahead with that yes well in his farewell address uh, george washington said that that uh if you if, if if we've not if we've not done the right job with the constitution it needs it needs changing let's do it by the way that is prescribed let's do it by an amendment process let's not do it by fiat uh because he said he and, and which is what we've come to, to do in america uh the courts have uh we've, we've kind of given over this uh this lawmaking process to courts which is absolutely wrong uh but we've we we and we suffer because of it because they have they they reinterpret things without without uh any solid basis but just based on the whims of their personal beliefs and that's what we call this living constitution and my friend uh uh, Franklin Sanders says that to say that the Constitution is living, of course, is to say that it's dead mm. by means of a, being a fixed standard. Mm. If it's not a fixed standard, then then it's dead in ter in terms of its 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 original usefulness. It's just given lip service now as the tool of this revolution. Uh, mm. I mentioned the revolution, and and if you if I if I could just give you a, just a, a little bit of background on that. Yes, when, when our founders went to went to school and studied law, when Patrick Henry studied law in Williamsburg under either Peyton Randolph or or George Wythe, they 
their basis for understanding where law come, came from was the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and that was their law book. And, and they looked to the Bible. They looked to the works of, uh, of uh, Blackstone, uh, who, who, who was an English judge who was very influential on the, on the founding fathers. And basically Blackstone's, uh, to, to summarize it, he would say that municipal law, which is the law that men make, any man-made law, if it's not in harmony with God's law, then it's not law. So mm-hmm. the, 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 they, they would look back to the Bible and to Leviticus and Exodus and Deuteronomy, et cetera, for, to understand what the, law, what the law was, its source of nature. Back in the 1880s at Harvard Law School, we, we, they basically jettisoned that under a man named Christopher Columbus Langdell. And under this Langdellian theory, now we look to judges, we look to, we look to the, the rulings and cases, and we find the source of law there. So in, instead of finding the source of law in God, as our founders did, now we find the source of law in man. And uh, it, it has tragic and has had tragic results. Mm. Well, for sure. And we're seeing that play itself out yeah, I hope on I'm a not daily too, basis. Too off track here, but it seems to me that uh, we've got a difficult road ahead of us because there's a lot of politicians right now that are using the Constitution as a way to control the people, and that's not what the Constitution was written to do. No, the Constitution, and you're, you're very right, uh, Constitution, is, they say, is not, is not a document that governs us. It's a document that governs those who govern us. Right. But it, it's supposed to limit their authority and, and specify the limits of their, their authority and power. And look, if you look at it this way, the job of an elected official is to keep his oath of office. In order to do that, he's got to know the, the law, he's got to know the Constitution, and, and, and theoretically, he's got to know the Bible. I know that sounds strange in a secular age to say that, but he's not qualified if he doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the job of the rest of us is to hold him to his oath of office. And we can't do that unless we know the rules. We, we've got to know the Bible and the Constitution because those are the standards by which, uh, by which we understand whether something is lawful or not. If you go back to the Declaration of Independence, our founders were complaining about two-thirds of that document is a list of 27 grievances against the king and against parliament. That's basically what that document is. And in, in certain cases, they said that they, they called things that parliament was doing that they didn't have authority to do. They called that pretended legislation, which I think is a great term right out of our, uh, and it's, uh, and they call, if you violated those things, they called those pretended offenses. So they didn't call the Stamp Act, the T Act, the Townsend Acts that they were objecting to. They didn't call them law because they didn't think they were law. Their understanding of law was purer than, than, than ours is. We, we go, well, Obamacare is law because, uh, or just as an example, just be, or, or some gun control thing is law because some legislature spilled ink on a page and some, uh, and some executive signed it and some court said it was valid. That doesn't make, that doesn't make it law, but unless we understand those uh, those fundamental principles, we are duped. And we say, oh, well, that's law because the legislature said so. No, no. It, it still needs to, it, in, in, in the American view of law and government, it still needs to meet those standards. Well, Michael, you were saying that, you know, the people need to understand the Constitution. Well, a lot of people haven't felt like they've been affected by the laws. They were okay with what's going on. Now with this new coronavirus, we're finding a lot of people going, wait a minute. Now, these are my rights you're taking mm-hmm. away. And they're starting to wake up. So maybe you're right. Maybe we do have some kind of little revolution going on. 
Yeah. Well, uh, and I would call it uh, not to just, I would call it a restoration. We, what we need, a revolution has happened. A restoration is needed. Right. Um, okay. we, we need to get, we need to get back to uh, a, a clear biblical and, and constitutional way of thinking. Let me just give you an example in my state. One of the problems is people don't know the constitution of their own state really at all. In my state, there are two law schools. Uh, I went to one of them about a hundred years ago. Um, but in, in those, in both of those law schools, or I should say, neither of those law schools have a course in the Maryland Constitution. And yet everybody that graduates from there takes an oath to protect and defend it. Um, and then they, they later on become judges and, they, and they, they subvert it and pervert it because they, they've never actually studied it in any systematic way. Matter right. of fact, the only place I know that you can study the Maryland Constitution is an institute on the Constitution. We have a course in, 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 in that. And let me just, in, in our article, Article uh, 44 of our Declaration of Rights, it, it says this. It says, the Constitution of the United States and of this state, meaning Maryland, apply as well in times of war as in times of peace, and no deviation therefrom or violation thereof under the plea of necessity or any other plea is valid. Now, that couldn't be more on point. Mm -hmm. uh, our, our governor and the governor in many states have absolutely, under the plea of necessity, Mm -hmm. under this emergency plea, have suspended, if you will, uh, our Constitution. Well, our, the, but the Constitution says directly that that's not valid. So we have, uh, but, but the trouble is the people don't know it, and we can't enforce what we don't know. We, we say that the Constitution is not a, uh, it, it is a wonderful document, but it's not a self-enforcing document. Mm -hmm. The words are not going to jump off the page and enforce themselves. It mm -hmm. takes the common citizenry to be there to be its champion. Well, Michael, I haven't read the Maryland law, but are you sure there's not a I want to if I want clause in there? <laughs> that's well, what you've they, seen that's that what they do. You've seen that you've seen that meme that says it's a, it's a, it's the Constitutional Convention and George Washington is looking at James Madison. He says, "Now none of this counts if somebody gets sick, right?" Uh, <laughs> I mean, all that is absolutely absurd. I I think one message that that I would like to just get out to people all of these actions of these governors, all of them, all of them, all of them, all of them are lawless. Mm -hmm. There's, there's, they try to point to some emergency legislation that the, that the, that the, uh, their state legislature has given them. Their state legislature cannot give them what they don't have. I can't, Dan, I can't give you Cheryl's car, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. Because it's not mine to give. And the, and the, and the legislature can't give these governors that which, which would, be a violation of their oath of office uh, to give. So, so all of these people need to understand that all of these things are lawless. And, and one of the efforts that we're trying to make at Institute on the Constitution, and I, I developed, we developed a little pamphlet, it's a letter to law enforcement officials, because our law enforcement officials don't know what the law is either, in many cases. Mm -hmm. In many cases, they, they know something's wrong and they're reluctant to try to enforce these tyrannical edicts and measures. But, um, but a lot of times they don't, they don't know what the rules are either. So we're trying to do an education outreach and um, this is just one thing we did and we made it kind of uh, an all states version. It says uh, letter to law enforcement officials and it, and it explains to them what their, their oath of office requires of them. And let me just read the last sentence if you don't mind. Mm -hmm. It says your duty requires that you resist such edicts and orders, talking about the unlawful orders of the governors, and that you act in such a manner as to shelter and protect the citizenry from all acts of lawlessness, 
even and especially when they originate from civil authorities. So, so, so um, there's a provision in the Maryland Constitution that says the, the police powers belong to the people. They're not the governor's state police. They're our police. Mm-hmm. They, and and all, all authority arises, and, and I'm sure this says it's a similar thing in your state and in all states. It says all, all government of right originates from the people. Mm-hmm. The governor can't point to something outside in the, in the, ether, in the ether somewhere that mm-hmm. gives him this special authority. It's got to come from the people. And in fact, our constitutions in every state say it does. They should know that. that that's the most embarrassing thing. That If you're a governor of, of a state, you should know that you got to follow the constitution. How do they, how are they getting away with it? Because, because they don't know. Michael was just saying, they don't know what the constitution says. They're counting on the fact that we don't know and that we're not going to hold them accountable and responsible. And so we just trip on down the Mary Lane and things like, you know, Obamacare gets to sneak its way through that's a a completely unconstitutional situation because somebody came along and said well you know what it's a tax so it's okay because it's a tax i want to if i want yeah so they either find a way to phrase it so that it'll slip through the cracks or they just blatantly do things uh you know they like the atf you know they make a regulation that acts as law without having gone through the process, right? I'm glad you said that. A law. I'm glad you said that. One of the, we, I, was, I, I happened to have the great privilege of speaking to former Chief Justice Roy Moore last week. And as we were talking in the conversation, this idea came up and I had never thought of this before. Um, and forgive me because you probably have. <laughs> but, no, but, it's okay. Um, what, we, what, what, I, what we came upon, we, we, he used the term the force is something has the force of law, the force of law. Force of law, yeah. If you think about this, to say that something has the force of law is a tacit admission that it's not law. Mm, mm, mm. I have not. Because I have if, not, because but I'm going to use that now. <laughs> Thank you. I'm if it, if that. it was law, they'd say it's the law. But no, mm. they say that they, they take an edict, a mandate, a directive, an order, and they say it has the force of law. What they're actually admis- admitting by that phrase is that it's not law. Mm. Um, in, in, uh, in every state, there is a, um, just, just as a, a, a mini point, but I'm sure this is true in every state, you have a, 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 a section in your constitution that says that's what we call a separation of powers clause. Mm-hmm. It says the, the, there's a legislative and a judicial and a executive branch and somebody charged with the, executing one branch of government is not allowed to, to act in another branch. Okay. We use this all the time to say courts cannot make law because lawmaking is in the legislature branch, legislative branch. But we also would say from the other side, executives cannot make law. They're in another branch of government. They can't make law. And you can't, and the legislature can't give them the right to make law because it's vested. It's vested in the, in the legislature. So um, you take that phrase, you take that clause and you take the fact that the, the, uh, the governor, the, in the legislative section of your constitution, it's, excuse me, in the executive section, it says that the governor isn't charged with executing the laws. You take those two together and you go, governors can't make law, right? They just, they just can't. Uh, the president can't make law. He's the, he's the executive branch. So what are executive orders then? People say, well, what about executive orders? 
this has been something we've tried to explain to folks, executive orders only apply to the executive branch. Properly understood, if, if in my state we were supposed to, they have this directive that you, they have to wear masks wherever you go um, and stand six feet apart and all this conditioning that we're going through. Well, if the governor of my state decided that all state employees in state buildings needed to stand six feet apart and wear a mask, he could do that because they work for him, right? See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. They work, they're under his authority. If, uh, but, he, but he can't say that to us because we don't work for him. As a matter of fact, he works for us. Mm -hmm. so, it, so don't be, be, be fooled by executive orders. Another example we use in, in, the, in the course is, let's say a former governor has uh, passed away last week. And so the current governor uh, says all flags at all state buildings will fly at half-mast in honor of this gentleman, this gentleman that passed away. That, because the, the, the uh, flag posts and the flags and the people that put the flags up and down the posts, all those work in the executive branch. They work for the governor. He can order that. That's an executive order and that's valid. But he can't tell you to put your flag at half-mast or, or anything about your flag or your property because, again, you don't work for him. He's, you're not part of the executive branch. So mm -hmm. people, people need to understand executive orders. There is such a thing as an executive order and it does mm -hmm. have a valid place. Mm -hmm. But it's but it's but it can't be used lawfully to quote unquote make law or have the force of law. So well, Michael, excuse me, I'm sorry, but we're seeing all over the country that people are starting to uh, stand up against these make make believe laws. They're opening their shops, but they're being arrested. So these people are educated people that say, "Hey, I know my rights. You can't do this to me. I open my store," and they turn around and you arrest them or you know, pull their permits. What can a citizen do? You can, you can open your store and you can support others who do open their store. Uh, we, we, we need, look, we need to resist. And because the tyranny expands to where it's resisted mm -hmm. and we need, we need to box that tyranny back in and, and put it away. And, um, I, I am I am deeply moved by the acts of heroism that I've seen on in people. Uh, that lady in Dallas, that uh, her last name is Luther, uh, mm -hmm. uh, who who had the hair salon. I think it was uh, Salon Alamode or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. uh, she took a stand. Other people across the country are taking stands. Um, there is no. <laughs> I'd say it this way. There's no lawful authority to close the economy. The economy has never lawfully been constitutionally been closed. It's always been open. It's still open now. So we've got to stop obeying tyrants. But, the, but, but Dan, this is an important point, I think. To be able to stand like that and stand up, you need to, first of all, know the law. You got to know you're right. You got to be sure. And you got to have some people around you who are sure as well and willing to, willing to, stand with you actually this was this is and was the original purpose of the militia which has been that's that's an, that would take another show to explain what's happened to the proper understanding of the militia mm -hmm. but but um the this this is the the job of the militia and this actually is the job of the county sheriff um i'm a i i'm a member of the constitutional sheriffs and police officers association uh, i'm sorry it's peace officers association headed by sheriff uh, richard mack and uh, I very much admire the work he does and the work they've done. And there's sheriffs across the country uh, who are standing up and saying, you can't do this to my people. 
and I'm going to I'm going to defend my people. Uh, first of all, they they a lot of them have said we're not going to enforce this, and some have said we're going to defend it. We're going to defend these people. Mm -hmm. uh, there's there, I, there's sheriffs in, in Michigan that have done that, and and across the country. But you that's not ad, that's not advertised very well. You're not going to hear that unless you're you know you're not going to hear that on CNN, right? Right. Mm -hmm. uh, but it but it is true that many people are standing up across across the country. Right. And now we have people to back us up where, you know, normally it's one thing or another little things that people didn't hear about. So guys all alone trying to defend himself. Mm -hmm. Right now, uh, this thing has grown so big that there are people out there that are listening and hearing and helping. Well, and the tyrants use the public to to police the public. Oh, right. They, yes. They stir snitch. up oh. neighbors to snitch on each other. They stir up neighbors to shame one another. And, you know, so by extension, they, the tyrants get what they want because they've instilled enough fear or whatever so that, um, you know, it's, a, it's like a self-policing kind of a, a scenario. They've got, they've got you, a snitching on each other. Yeah, they do. And that's, uh, that's dreadful. But again, it's, uh, but again, I think at, at its heart is, is the lack of understanding, a lack of knowledge. Um, uh, before I, before I forget, I'll get yelled at by our boss here, Jake McCauley. I've got to, I've got to say that please go to Institute on the Constitution, uh, their website, and you can take our, our course for free. You can take our basic, uh, constitution course, uh, for free. Um, we, we, uh, we, we make that available and thousands and thousands of people have done that. I mean, this all began kind of in, in our law office in Maryland in 1998. And now uh, the, our materials are used by people all across the country in all 50 states. And now, of course, with the internet and, and online, uh, it, it's, it's blossomed and, and uh, it's, we've, you know, fast forward, we've had tens of thousands of people that have taken the course. And that's what we need. We need people who, so that they can stand up they need, they need to know the rules. They need to know what the law is and they need to be sure of themselves and they have to have uh, other people surrounding them that will be, uh, and the same goes for law enforcement, that, that they, they, need, they, need, they need support. Uh, that's mm -hmm. why I, I really appreciate the work that Sheriff Mack does. Absolutely, and he's an Arizona guy. Yeah. So uh, we love yes, Sheriff Mack. He's, he's been on the show before and actually I, I need to have him back on uh, like now to talk about this well, stuff please tell him i please me. tell him i begged you to have him back on please. i will i will certainly i'll say that michael wouldn't even come on until i agreed <laughs> to bring sheriff mac back on um and, we're good know, friends this program isn't uh an anti-government program no. this is uh this is we support the government but we want the government to not control us we want them to govern right we support what was written in here about government right and you know this big huge thick document i say this a lot on our show that the people watching they can see it's like this tiny little paper uh pocket book sized uh book it's like 45 pages long takes like an hour to read how many people actually read it and then you have an entire free course that you're offering to help us understand anything that might be confusing but let me remind people that at the time that this was written, it was written for the common person, man and woman, to be able to understand for themselves. Somehow, over the years, it's been kind of implied or drilled into our heads that, you know, you, you're too simple. Little, 
Jane Doe and John Doe, you're too simple to understand this. So, you know, I am your state representative. I will interpret it for you. Right? I am your attorney, right? Right. So, you're, you're, that, that's, that's right. And, and actually, you have to go to law school to be able to mess it up that bad. Um, <laughs> you, I you, agree you really, with you. You really have to go because, um, as a matter of fact, uh, again, Chief Justice Roy Moore, uh, it, it's, it's, it's what he, law schools don't teach the law anymore. They teach what he calls unlaw. They teach mm. a methodology of understanding the law, which is counter to what the law really is. This is a huge, big problem. It's a, it's a huge legal education is, is, is uh, it, it trains up people to believe that the state has all these powers that they don't have. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, no. it's bad. It's, it's a, actually, you're trained to subvert, pervert, and invert the law rather than to uh, understand it properly. Um, I, 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 I sat with, uh, we, and we, by the way, we've lo lobbied in, in my state, particularly we've lobbied law schools to, to uh, teach law what we call the correct way. Um, um, and they don't, they don't want to touch it because it involves, it involves biblical understanding and biblical study. Um, and, but, but, that's, but that's what our law is based on. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I found in that document or in that, not in the constitution, but in the declaration, uh, they, they relied on the laws of nature and nature's God. They were talking about the Bible. They were talking about divine law because Jefferson was, there he is above my shoulder. There's he's always looking over my shoulder. Jefferson. But, um, <laughs> Jeff Jefferson was quoting Blackstone and, um, uh, and again, Blackstone would, would said that if, if, if law, if man-made law is not in harmony with, if it violates God's law, then it's not law and we shouldn't call it law. It, it shouldn't be suffered to exist. Uh, so we've, uh, th and th that's, that happens to be what I believe, but it's not important that I believe it. It's, 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 uh, that's what the documents of our founding are based upon. There's a philosophy of law here. Um, we call it the American view and that's that uh, there is a God, a creator God, our rights come from him. And the purpose of civil government is to protect and defend those God-given rights. It's not, by the way, to take care of my health. It's to take care of my liberty so I can take care of my health. Yes. Yeah. It's right? the pursuit yeah. of, of uh, happiness, right? It's not, you know, here, I'm going to mandate happiness into your life while making <laughs> a gajillion other people miserable and you too. But, you know, sure. my goal was to make you happy. So it's, it's all forgiven. Yeah, we've seen that in other countries and how well that works. Yeah. Exactly. So, Michael, yeah. if, if I were to take, I want to take that course. So, what am I, what am I going to go through? Uh, how long does it take, and how much work is it? Well, the the way the way that we offer it uh, under the kind of the, under the free, you can you can purchase the course, and and we we send the whole thing to you. It, it involves a uh, it involves a workbook that uh, looks. Let's show you the front of it here. Uh, it, it involves a workbook. It, it involves uh, teachers. Uh, 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 like the ans answer key, if you will, uh, supplemental materials. There, yeah. So uh, this is this is the uh, this this is what it, the the course the basic that student manual looks like. It's a twelve lecture twelve. We do it over twelve weeks, and if we if you sign up for the free course, we send you a lesson every week, mm -hmm. and uh, and 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 you are able to mark your progress. There you go. Be able to mark your progress with respect to that, um, and. Uh, we begin by, by we begin by looking at an American view of law and government. What what the American view of government looks like, uh, what it's founded on. That I that I was just talking about. There's a God. Our rights come from Him. 
Um, and then, and then we, we compare it to other forms of government uh, because every, all, all government isn't arranged that way, but there, there are socialist and Marxist uh, ideas about government, and we, and we compare and contrast those. Um, then we, we talk about the, the philosophical, the religious beliefs of the founders, and how those religious beliefs became, uh, became philosophical pre, uh, uh, principles that, are, that our law is based on. And then, and then we uh, drop that all into a, uh, a historical context and talk about the period between the, de the Declaration and the Constitution, the American historic experience. And then we actually get into the, 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 the words, the text of the document itself, but it's important to understand the pretext before you study the text. And then we go through the entire document, uh, uh, the, the uh, uh, seven articles of the Constitution and then the, 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 the Bill of Rights and the rest of the subsequent amendments. And then we wrap, wrap it up by saying, well, we, we had this biblical view that we were working with, and, but now we're over here in this, in, in this secular humanistic view. How did we get there? And, mm. and we, we take a whole lesson and talk about the watershed events that, that kind of got us there. And mm -hmm. then we talk about how do we get back? What are the mm. things that we need to do to get back to this, uh, this American view of law and government? And, uh, as bad as things are now, and they're very, very bad. They're very scary. They're very, um, they're very upsetting. As bad as they are, people now are recognizing what they need to recognize, and they're going mm -hmm. back to school. And you know, throughout history, this this kind of cycle has repeated itself, where a, a certain generation or generations fight and and achieve a degree of liberty, and then their children get lazy and their grandchildren get lazy and we, and we, and we lose and give it back. But we're living, I mean, we have to look at this, that, that we're living in a time that God put us here for this purpose. And we got to be grateful for that blessing. He didn't put us here in some other time with some other companions. He put us here now and we have, we have to use the tools he's given us and, and, and rely on his divine providence. Well, amen. To like all our founders that. did. Right. And they, uh, they reached a, a pressure point. And that's what caused the revolution. And, you know, we are, it seems like until we are very uncomfortable, we are not going to change. We're not going to learn. We're not going to grow. We're not going to do something new. And so, you know, there are people out there that are, you know, just like, well, let's have a revolution. Let's have another civil war. First of all, you're soft. We are soft <laughs> as, a, as a society, as a nation. So I don't really see that uh, going well for us. Um, and why don't we work on being proactive rather than waiting for things to get horrible and being reactive? And the way to be proactive is to learn your constitution, to take these classes. How many hours does it take to go through your, your course? Like on here, I see the U.S. Constitution course student kit. How, how long does that take? Well. Um like like a lot of other things Cheryl, you you can you you can do it in one way and you can do it in a more deeper way um but but again we we give you enough homework to take you through a week uh and and have you understand uh the the, the building block of that lesson and then come with the next lesson so the the way that it's structured that way it it's a 12 week it's it's like a semester uh, it's like a, it's like a semester of time and uh, as a matter of fact, homeschools use our course all the, all all uh, to a great extent. Um, and 
that's a big part of our, of our market is homeschool. So, and, and as a matter of fact, if your children are home from school now and you, and you're, this, this is a great thing for you to be doing because you'll, you'll be, you'll be keeping them busy and having them learn what they're, what they were taught, uh, what, what they were not taught properly yes. in, in government schools anyway, um, because government schools do not teach American law and government in, in any way that is, uh, that is truthful or helpful. Well, uh, what I like to say about this, anything that we're using to homeschool our children, because there's so many of us now, I'm, I'm helping homeschool my five-year-old granddaughter. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful opportunity. It's, it's hard. It's harder than you think. But what I've been saying to people is, you know, you know, you're teaching your child wink but really you're learning so much yourself but you know you can kind of like justify it because you know we're supposed to know this stuff we're adults you know i'm just sure the kiddo here but in the process some of it's going to rub off on us and that is only a good thing so um the uh you made a comment earlier about the constitution is not a self-enforcing document i'd like to maybe drill a little deeper in on that and and help people really you know hold on to that and maybe that's one of the things that they walk away chewing on mentally like in their brain like what does that what does that really mean and what responsibility therefore does that place on me if it's not self-enforcing well then somebody's got to enforce it do i hold up a mirror is that me <laughs> that is you that is you. Uh, it's 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 all of us, um, because again, the, the Constitution is not a, a, a document that governs us. It's a document that governs and limits those who do govern us. And f frequently, uh, and we you hear this argument if, if you, in Christian circles many times. You hear this Romans thirteen argument that we've got to do whatever the the civil ruler says uh, mm -hmm. because uh, that's what that's what Romans thirteen calls for. Mm. Um, and I couldn't disagree more. Uh, and let me just, let me just give a, a, a little, and this goes, this goes to our, our Christian duty to know the constitution. This is where I'm, I'm, I'm going with this. Mm -hmm. In America, we don't have rulers. We're self-governed. In effect, in America, in, in America, we are the rulers. Mm -hmm. We are the rulers. We have mm -hmm. representatives. Mm -hmm. We invest them with authority by giving them, by electing them. And, and, but, but we, we delegate our ruler authority to them, but mm -hmm. we don't lose it. Right. Mm -hmm. um, I we talk about this in, um, we talk about this, uh, this is, I'm going to go on a sidebar here. I apologize, but no, with respect to the second, with respect to the second amendment, we talk about this all the time. If, uh, if in order for our police, our law enforcement to be, to be armed, well, we delegate that authority to them to then be armed. If we didn't have it, we couldn't delegate it, could we? Mm. So, I, um, so if I'm if I'm if I hired Dan to be my bodyguard, and he's working for me as my bodyguard, and I get to a, into a rough place somewhere, and it looks like I'm going to have to punch my way out of this, uh, and Dan says, "Well, you know what? This is Wednesday, and I, this is my day off. I'm sorry." I, I'll see you later. I can't help you. I'm gone. Now, if Dan, 
Dan would never do this. That's but, not very nice of you, Dan. If, no. but. <laughs> if, 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 but if Dan did that, let me, let me ask you this question. Do I still have the right to try to punch my way out of it if I can? Yes. Or because I hired him, do I lose that and I have to take whatever happens? No. I mean, of, of course, it's a principal agency thing. And with respect to the arming of, of police or, or uh, militia or, or army, that's something we delegate to them. Okay, well, why did I say all that? Um, because this, this, the same thing is true with respect to our, uh, the powers that we give to our, our government. To, we have rights. We give them powers. And, but those powers are under our authority. We delegate those powers to them. Um, so in, in America, this idea of, of, just, of just doing whatever the civil government says and, and you hear this from some pulpits, which I think is regrettable. Um, that's, I think that's a, that's a very unfortunate uh, way to, to, to look at things. And I'm going to, there is a um, article six of, of our declaration of rights in Maryland, which is the first part of our constitution. You may have a similar uh, article it's, uh, uh, in your state as well. It says all persons vested with the legislative or executive powers of government are trustees of the public and as such accountable for their conduct. Wherefore, wherever the ends of government are perverted and public liberty manifestly endangered and all other means of redress are ineffectual, like we're kind of seeing now, uh, the people may and of right ought to reform the old or establish new government. And then it says this about Romans 13. It doesn't quote Romans 13 exactly, but it says this. The doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish, and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind. What our, our Constitution of Maryland is telling its people is, don't lay down and take violations of this. Mm -hmm. Stand up, because, and, 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 I, and I believe that this, this uh, article was actually written because of that Romans 13 argument, because uh, it existed back in 1776 as well. Um, and again, it says, the doctrine of non-resistance against arbitrary power and oppression is absurd, slavish and destructive of the good and happiness of mankind that's that's the, the law of my state mm. right so but but it's no good if i don't know it right, right? it's no, no good if i don't know it i have quoted the i have quoted this document i'm i'm, I'm holding up a uh, it's a it's a constitution of maryland and the constitution of the united states document i've used this to testify in my legislature and I've had, at the end of the session, I've had legislators come out to me and say, where can I get a copy of that that you were? <laughs> well, there's this little thing called Google. And uh, I say, <laughs> please take mine. Yes. I'll yes. get another. Take this For one. For sure. For sure. Oh, but, but man, that's painful. And they have to have a library. At the, at that the is so painful. Wow. But at they least they swore asked. An oath. They swore an oath before God to uphold it. And they and they they're asking me where they can get a copy. So why don't they before they uh, have somebody swear in? Why don't they say, okay, take a couple of weeks to read this and then come swear in? But Michael, I've listened to everything you said and it's great news, everything. But I have to agree. I disagree with you on one thing. Uh oh, here we go. Okay? You said we don't have rulers in the United States. We do have rulers. Mm. They unfortunately we have them. They're out of place. We didn't vote them as rulers, but they are rulers. And by learning this law, maybe we can get rid of the rulers and just have politicians in our, in our service. So, yeah. Absolutely. Well, 
I I, I agree. Um, the uh, I would just I would just say that their their authority to rule is delegated by us. Yes. They, they don't have any divine right of, of kings. Their their authority to rule comes through us, and is under our authority. So when we have somebody that is a Democrat or a, or a politician that is trying to rule us, then it's our fault because we're not educated enough to know that we can stop them from doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, I think we're partly culpable anyway. I mean, again, we we, we we're not we're not re responsible for what we didn't do, but we we are responsible. For, for what we can do and what we should do. And, and we, you know, the, the, the things that I've quoted you about from a Maryland constitution, everybody in our legislature, every, and the government, they should all know that mm -hmm. and act Absolutely. on it. Yeah, and I, I do have to say, I said politicians and Democrats, there are some Republicans that are also trying to be rulers too. So, yeah. Uh, oh, absolutely. I, I mean to just label Democrats. No, absolutely. There are politicians out there that they're, fully there to control and to control only. For sure. Well, um, we need to start wrapping up, but I just definitely want to, you know, kind of pinpoint that we have been talking about two majorly important documents, the text of the Bible and our Constitution. And both of those, for too long, for too many generations, we have just allowed others to interpret it for us instead of learning it, reading it for ourselves, so that we have a better contextual understanding of where this, you know, what all we maybe memorize is a, a Romans 13 here, or a John 16 there, or something like that. But if we don't have the context of the whole thing and the time in history when it came about and all of that, then we are going to be so easily duped. How do I know this? Look around you. Look Here around. we are in the year 2020. We are so completely duped. And the other thing about both of those documents is how much concerted effort has gone in, especially, I would say, in the last decade or so, maybe even longer, but I'm just more tuned in and tapped in now. Such a concerted effort has gone into um, attempting to undermine and nullify those documents and people trying to make it like it's foolishness. And if anybody is quoting it or standing on the, the principles of those things, that they are foolish as well. And we get scared and we get frozen and then we don't know what to do. So we do nothing. And then the adversaries, the people that that they're hoping to take advantage of our frozen state, they move on forward. Sure. One, one, one way I think we could help to get us unfrozen is one other document. You mentioned the Bible and the, the, and the U.S. Constitution. Your state constitution is extremely important, extremely mm -hmm. important. And uh, I would urge everybody to, t to everybody, you don't have to read your whole state constitution tonight, but just read the, which is in most cases Article One, or, or or the or the first chapter, which is your Declaration of Rights. That is to say, it's the equivalent of the Bill of Rights in the U.S. Constitution. Every state has one. Uh, familiarize yourself with it. You'll be you'll be amazed at what you see. That that is the law in your state because you you would love to make it the law if it wasn't already, but it's already there. Mm -hmm. It's already there because our founders were you know, were were. Uh, were wise and learned and 
we we are blessed with these with these documents but again they're not self-enforcing right mm -hmm. it, they, it, they won't leave the words won't leap off the page and do the job themselves we need to understand them be champions of them institute on the constitution dot uh, dot com iotc institute on the constitution dot com and if i could give can i give the phone number as well please yeah go ahead we eight, eight, if you call us at eight six six seven three zero nine i almost messed it up eight six six seven three zero nine seven nine six again eight six six seven three zero nine seven nine six the institute on the constitution you can also find us by going to the american view that's also, also will get you to our website um and i'm 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 pleased to to be with you um let me let, let me leave you one other thought our the office of governor in our state and in your state too the office of governor is a creature of the constitution in other words the constitution establishes the office of governor if the governor suspends the constitution what does he also suspend hmm his own office right his own position. he takes himself out of power when he suspends the constitution yeah that's just just, a, just food, food for thought i love it well i think we've given people lots of things to uh move forward and chew on and think about and you know i love it if anybody's out there like i don't know about that that doesn't sound right and they're they're sort of mentally arguing with us bingo that's awesome because now you're thinking right and then exactly you've got resources to find answers and and let me let me bring this up one more time real quick this uh the letter to law enforcement that's on our website you can download this fold it in half looks like a church bulletin you can give it to you actually give it to your pastor you can put it in the church bulletin right or, or you can or you can hand it to a law enforcement officer and it tries to make the case a, a lot of us we all know law enforcement people right i mean you, you your cousin your your uncle somebody uh we all know a couple of people that are in law enforcement some way and we we should reach out to them and and and, gi and give them help that is awesome Michael, thank you so much for taking all of this time. And I really want to encourage everybody to go to the website and just buy the materials. Just go ahead and buy them because then that helps, you know, support this organization that's continuing to teach the next generation. And if you're really, you know, if you're one of the people, the millions of people who unfortunately have been laid off and lost your job and you really can't, there is a free version. Um, but whichever way you go, just study it just empower yourself let's get knowledge. busy let's get busy i love it michael perutka we thank you so much oh, we will have you on again thank you very much appreciate it dan cheryl thank you very much god bless you god bless you fantastic all right so now i gotta figure out how to pop him out of there bye-bye bye, -bye. bye. Wow. oh my goodness um my brain hurts to think about that yes all these people that are standing for their rights and then you have the other people that are going "Ooh, they just don't care about health of people they don't care i'm going to tell on them but it's it's so deep i mean these people just don't know right um, it's very makes me very angry well this gives us an opportunity to to go all right i didn't know yesterday but guess what i now have some tools and I'm gonna know tomorrow. Right. So, um, what with this coronavirus thing, real quick. Mm -hmm. So, we have AZ Firearms in Pot of Gold Office, and we were open and things were going, and the government says, Oh, 
you're blessed. You can be open because you're a necessity. So we kept the gun shop open. But I, my family, we decided to close the gun shop. Mm -hmm. And the reason we closed the gun shop is because we didn't understand the coronavirus thing. We didn't know if all the information was true, but we didn't want to take a chance and hurt any of our uh, customers or employers. Right. Or employees. Right. So we decided to uh, close it down. But then after studying and looking at the situation and everything, we decided to reopen. But people, we did that on our own. We made that decision. Makes all the difference. You know, I care deeply for the people that work for us and the customers that walk in our door. So what did we do? We evaluated. We took the time to evaluate, prepared for safe operation, and we made that decision. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And we closed the auction house for a month. Two weeks. It felt like a month. Oh. <laughs> Oh no! Wait, the auction, <clears throat> the auction house. house. We close it for about a month. Yeah, probably. And we're we're also yeah. operating in a little different fashion because it's an event that you know hundreds of people what, come to. What is that auction house, Dan? Pot of Gold Estate liquidations. Pot of Gold Estate dot com. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So anyway, so we made. But the, again, I want to make sure everybody understands we made these choices on our own. There are people that have barber shops and clothes stores and beauty supplies. And it's their livelihood. It's what they feed their family with. Yeah. And let them make that choice. And you as a consumer can make your choice on how you want to walk into their door. Yeah. If, if you went into a building that had bad elevators and you knew they had bad ele elevators, you wouldn't shop there. Right. Right. It's your choice. You make the decision, people. Right. That's all I have to say. That's my commentary commentary I guess. well on that note we need to wrap up today uh for today and um man i just i just really want our our listeners to understand and know how much we value and appreciate you your time is your most finite resource and whether you're watching us uh video on youtube or on gunstreamer or if you're listening on demand on gunfreedomradio.com clicking the on demand tab uh we we really appreciate you and while you're at gunfreedomradio.com click the guest tab that will take you to a bio page with pictures and links and uh, all kinds of wonderful information about every single guest we've ever had on it is a tremendous uh resource and uh, I just, just thank you so much. And thank you to Michael Perutka. Holy cow. He's amazing. And the work he's doing is so needed every day, but especially right now right. when we're all becoming so painfully aware <laughs> of how, how much we don't know and how much we're letting our elected officials get away with. Um, and speaking of them, we got we to gotta pray. For them, we got to pray for our nation, and we've got to pray for those elected officials. All of them. All of them. Well, how yes, about we all, all pray? How about we all pray that they get a subscription to this class? How about that? <laughs> Send them a link to the free classes. That would be, that would be awesome. They can maybe, be healed. Maybe flood their their email, yes. their inboxes with links to. Okay, hint, hint. hint you know, to better represent me 
Right. I, I will also be learning and maybe you can learn about this thing you swore an oath to protect and defend, yes. the Constitution. Send them to their aides too because they're, they make a lot of the decisions for True. True story. Anyway, so we'll, we'll pray for the all to get a kit. All of them, Dan. Even the, all ones, them. the ones that you don't like. and Well. Especially the ones that you don't like. I'm a little fired up right now, so I'm finding it a little harder. But, you know, we, we need to. But be good to each other. Have a great yeah. week. And God bless. Bye.